another fantastic episode of the Slazoom Podcast. Podcast, podcast. Woo! All right, people, settle down. Quiet now, we got a show to go here. All hail the dark Lord see. All right, settle down, death cold. No, no, wait till after the show to summon your demons of the apocalypse, okay? <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Saloon Podcast. We're your hosts uh, here. This is uh, Ethan. Caleb. Sarah. <laughs> Colin. Sorry. Oh. I'm used to you all three being in the same room, and I'm just waiting. <laughs> and Sarah is not on location either. I was thinking we were doing al- alphabetical, but... That was already messed up. <laughs> 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 Not my first or last or middle name. <laughs> True. Oh. Uh, so so anyway, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by a, a brand new presenting sponsor. Uh, Caleb, Colin, I, I guess Sarah too. Um, are you tired of always having all of your piss go into the toilet instead of, like, going into the, uh, like, onto the toilet paper roll beside the toilet and the magazine rack on the other side? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's so boring. So boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, well, how would you like to instead have half of your stream of urine shoot off at 90 degrees from the tip of your penis into the sink and onto the toilet paper roll, and the other half shoot over all over the towels and, like, uh, other wall. I'm interested. All right. Well, our presenting sponsor is the Bifurcated Stream, which will make that happen. Wow. At random times, usually when it's the least convenient. <laughs> what do I have to do? Well, uh... How do you get a bifurcated screen? You just like not force it. <laughs> no, I pinch the tip. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like the the tip wow. of your penis like so comes shut or something. Uh, oh wow! So this is this is insightful. You yeah. push I feel too like hard. we came into this half cock. Did I can probably have bifurcated screens, but it probably doesn't matter because you're kind of a point right. like rage yeah. in there. But sometimes it does matter. I feel like I told you guys about the time that I was peeing in the dark, and I was like, hmm, I haven't, like, heard my pee hitting the water. <laughs> Where is it going? And then I, tur- I turned on the light, and my pee had, like, been going 90, like, probably bifurcated stream, because <laughs> I was peeing so hard, and it was going in between the toilet and the lid, and uh, just pouring down on Oh, man. I know that game, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a when I was a kid. I turned to be a lot. Puddle of pee. Well, apparently Sarah's possessed by the devil. Cut off slightly. <laughs> All right, so yeah, bifurcated screen and uh, latest out of the um, Syngenta piss labs <laughs> is. Um, our newest invention, the trifurcated stream, is keeping two streams in control just not enough for your active, uh, adrenaline-fueled lifestyle? Well, listen up, kiddos. Now you can have 
three separate streams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be like, order now and we'll trifurcate your stream instead of just bifurcating. The next 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> order one extra stream and we'll throw in the next one. <laughs> Call in the next five minutes and a fog of piss will just roll out of your dick. My god. Like, not even like the next time you go to the bathroom, just like that moment. That sounds great. Yeah. What I would do to have like a fog of piss that I could just deploy at a moment's notice. <laughs> right? Like a smoke like a, bomb. Smoke bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's possible in a low enough pressure environment, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, true. <laughs> this is space, dude. Wow, like space? I don't know. <laughs> this needs to be like the next space suit. It's like <laughs> a normal space suit, except it has like special valves and like releases like around your penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> When astronauts are in zero gravity, can they, like, fart rocket around? I mean, Newton's laws, if you're an astronaut, if you're in zero gravity, all other things being equal, you fart, you're, it's going to... You mean, like, if you're, like, inside the space station? Yes. Yeah. 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 I guess. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Fart does work like Chet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in zero gravity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know what they say, in space, everyone is forced to smell your fart. <laughs> yeah, re recycle air. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, we, you know, we have, a, we have a good time at this Zoom podcast, but, um, you know, there's, there's been a pretty big debate raging uh, lately with some pretty strong opinions on either side, and it, I, I know we're a fun comedy podcast, but we'd be remiss not to talk about it. So, yeah. um, in in your opinions, what what is our official position on whether or not the Arkenstone is a silver? Is it what? <laughs> Silmaril. It's it's not. Come on. See, well, yeah, because that's what I figured, because, for one thing, I feel like the elves would shit their pants when they saw it. Like, they'd be like, oh, like the stone darn you, bitch. The they'd be... Yeah, it's the Arkenstone, yeah. Yeah. But what's that other word? I don't know what that is. Simmeril? Then you're not allowed in the podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Didn't they actually, like, come from a tree or something? Uh, no, it was the primordial light from the two trees before they were... Cut down or before they were destroyed. Uh, like the for like primordial a, life put in a parking lot. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was put into to jewel form by one of the by Fanor. Uh, yeah. Did Tolkien use a lot of like Norse mythology as? He used kind, he used of, kind of a lot of mythology and religion in general. Yeah. But like a lot of Norse. Well, I mean, elves and dwarves are Nordic from Norse mythology, though he actually, in one of his letters, he's kind of like, I shouldn't have called them elves, because it's kind of confusing, because they're not really like the Norse mythological elves, like the Keebler elves. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But see, I was of a mind of no, because for one thing, every all, all the elves would have flipped his shit. They would have been just like, well, I guess 
Thorin owns a Silmaril now. That's the way it is. Um, and also, it says it that is. the, the, the uh, Arkenstone was like carved by the dwarves, and obviously a Silmaril can't be can't be marred or cut or anything by mortal hands. Also, a Silmaril burns mortal hands. Um, so there's that. But I did. Someone did make a good point that the Silmarillion, of course, was published like four years after Tolkien's death, and so. Originally, the Hobbit was the first thing that was published. Uh, he could have imagined it as one of the Silmarils, and then, like, as he later kind of refined the idea and the, the behind what the Silmarils were, um, then it changed, so it doesn't make sense in retrospect, but his original intention. Uh, maybe the Silmarillion is elf propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Meant to lead the sheeple of Middle-earth away from the truth. Yeah. That the dwarves are the master race. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, the dwarves are based on the Jews. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the old switcheroo. <laughs> they are the master Jews this time. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. Uh, and here we are to Nazis again. <laughs> Did anyone hear the switcher Jew joke? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. I didn't <laughs> want to recognize it. But <laughs> I didn't want to acknowledge it. thought if you ignored it, it would go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was really proud of it. It sounds good. It needs to be an actual word. Holy old switcher dude. Yeah. Like I feel like it's less anti-Semitic than the uh, than the goblins in Harry Potter. Those are really bad. <laughs> yeah, those are really bad. Especially like they run the fucking banks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they're horrible, beady eyes and hooked noses. Like, oh, and they're shit. untrustworthy. Right. They'll betray. Yeah. It's just. It's too on the nose. Yeah, it's too on the... Yeah, J.K. Rowling could have tried to hide it a little bit. Well, it's like, and that was in the year, like, 1999. Like, at least Tolkien was like a World War One vet back when it was, you know, cool to be anti-Semitic. That's true. Before yeah, it was really think, cool to be I don't anti-Semitic. Think Tolkin was trying to, Before. like, hide it in any way or much yeah. that either. But it still I mean, ended up being more... Um, hidden than <laughs> he was actually trying to. So, I mean, the dwarves, the dwarves yeah. are an admirable race. They're only, the only thing you could really say that would be anti Semitic about that is that they really love their gold. Um, they're greedy. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. they delve too greedily <laughs> and too deep. <laughs> Just like Colin's mother. Ooh! My butt. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's an archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> She uh, didn't find what she was looking for. Just some ball rocks. She, yeah, she awakened a creature of shadow <laughs> and flame. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it was you know taco night, so that's how it is. So. <laughs> yeah, and like Taco Bell came out with like a new especially spicy taco, and that's what they call it too, like Taco Bell, the especially spicy taco. Yeah, like they ran out of like the volcano. Cause we really had like the volcano taco. But anyway, that'd be like all the they commercials. Ate a volcano taco. Just like Balrogs crawling in and out of someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you say you said Balrogs crawling in and out? Yeah. Like what's what's the uh, the Balrog crawling back in? Well, it's kind of like when you don't see I mean, ants just kind of going in and out of a hill. Or like just a busy hornet's nest, you know, hornet's coming in, hornet's coming out. It's like, 
It's like if the hornet's it's nest is your like ass and the hornet's fire, and then suck it back up your ass. Again. <laughs> yeah. The fire lives Holy in your ass now. <laughs> yeah. What a thing to return to. <laughs> so speaking of things going in your ass, uh, other than Balrogs, um, what else is there? Okay, we, we talked about this, guys. You're making me sound like the weirdo now. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so, so Sarah, you should do the lead up with this. Yes, you know, it, it started with you. It was your idea. What? Uh, about things going know? in your ass <laughs> that are not ball rocks. Yeah. You're talking about anal mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were you admitted it. I hear it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you admitted it in grad school. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this whole discussion started because, uh, well, you talked about computer programming truncating method? Analysis. Or was it? Analysis. Analysis, that's right. Of course. To anal. And then that made me think of how my brain automatically truncated the name of my class, which was analytical methods, to anal math. And I didn't realize, like... I typed it into the computer and saved my assignment as that, but I didn't realize I saved it as that until after I had, like, got the assignment back, and I was like, oh, I named this program Anal Math Homework 1. Like, that's a little weird. <laughs> so then we got to talking about, do people take meth in their butts? And I've done some research, and the answer is... Yes. <laughs> so I found a very nice article in the nice the Western Journal of Emergency Medicine, and it's got a great title. Well, I love like research article titles. This one is titled "Bottoms Up: Methamphetamine Toxicity from an Unusual Route." <laughs> because, like, they need to check for it, because if they don't, then they can absorb, like, huge quantities into their bloodstream, and it might be too late. Yeah. Yeah. So, one side note in the article, it says, this is quoting another article, it says, methamphetamine use ranks second only to cannabis as the most commonly abused drug. Really? And I thought that was pretty crazy. I would have thought like cocaine or right. maybe heroin. I mean, heroin's pretty crazy. Uh, heroin's pretty but cocaine's crazy. for sure. I guess maybe yeah. back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, <laughs> Apparently the rising prices of chocolate have started to choke out cocaine in Latin America. Because why? Chocolate makes more money, so why? Ah. Interesting. So I wonder, like, if you do meth in your mouth and your teeth fall out, like... Meth mouth. Yeah, I mean, if you do it in your butt, your butt teeth fall out. Something that's a mystery. Meth, but... Maybe you just, like... Okay. Yeah. This is going to take a turn for the distasteful. Even for this podcast. Okay? <laughs> so then you just got to, like, get a horrible prolapse then. But that can be convenient because, like, 
if your ass turns inside out by like two feet, then you don't have to like do the whole thing where you're bending your shoulder behind your back to cram meth up your ass. You just like pull it up and pour some meth in, you know? It's like, like with a funnel? Yeah. You just wow. throw your prolapsed colon over your shoulder and uh, then maybe you could you could you could grind it up into like a cream and then you could slather the cream on your prolapsed colon. Oh yeah, you don't have to like go in because we. Tr- I mean, you'd get that absorb. Uh, surface. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. So, um, for some actual scientific data, this article says that it generally it has increased risk for anal rectal trauma, vascular necrosis, and colonic perforation. Oh, yeah. Stands to reason. <laughs> Perforate. Your calling. What's your calling something? Yeah, that, that stands reason. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's crystal meth that's in crystal form. I mean, not that I'm an expert on the various textures of things you cram up your ass and how they feel, but I'm like, just a dabbler. <laughs> just, just, just an amateur. <laughs> I haven't got my official license yet. So um, but, like, <laughs> I mean, because it, it, it's 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 crystal you know. Of all the, it'd be kind of jagged to cram up your ass. I mean, do they like? Uh, don't they like get it up, or is that a heroin thing? I don't know. Yeah, like a little like mortar and pestle. Or maybe they uh, like inject it into a banana and then do some banal, and then it's like <laughs> banal man. Well, what is banal man? talk about something just a little bit more normal yeah. than everything anal. <laughs> hey, have you guys been watching the Olympics? Not yeah. Not anal. So, <laughs> what is the deal with the guy, the curler who got caught doping? That's Russia. They'll try what and the cheat at everything. I know. It's like <laughs> Russia, like, we love Russia. We must try and cheat at everything. <laughs> God. Yeah. So you're implying right. that you don't need to be athletic to be a curler, but you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more touch to it than like I gotta I gotta bulk up so I can really. They have to scrub really it. hard. <laughs> <laughs> so housewives from the '60s would be great at curling. Wow. Yeah, like all my jan- all the janitors like in Jorgensen Hall are doping now. Actually, a lot of them are Eastern European, so they probably are. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you know, I just love how like endemic cheating is to like Russian culture. Uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like apparently like speed walking is a big sport in Russia, and it's also rocked by doping scandals. <laughs> I heard something about speed walking, and they're like. Or maybe they're actually it's running. Cheating all the time. It's like how much you can get away with the whole time you're racing. Guys, guys, guys. I got further down in the article about anal map. Okay, bring it back down. <laughs> Sorry. What's wrong with you? I have to share this. It's... Oh, they're talking about the Olympics. Gotta go back to my ass. It's had a case report of a man that was taken to the ER 
who like was having tachycardia and stuff like he had done meth and then he got better and then he asked to use the restroom and then they like had trouble rousing him and he had more tachycardia and like wasn't acting okay they had to restrain him so finally the patient had a bowel movement productive of a tampon which he then admitted to soaking in meth and then inserting it in his butt Either. She thinks they're creepy. I'm not fooled. They're a bug. 
Okay. Some people sorry. don't like them. They're okay from far away, and then they get closer, and you're like, ugh. Wow, but their proboscis is so long and thin. How can you proboscis? not like that? Proboscis? Wait, oh, yeah, is it proboscis? Proboscis. Yeah, it is proboscis. Yeah. Shit. I want the proboscis. Pro. I am proboscis. Pro I I often ask that to people like as just a question you don't normally hear like what is your favorite animal with more than four legs? And then people are like, come on, well, fuck you, none. Well, <laughs> very few people. Usually you'll go, what about the butterfly? And I'm like, oh yeah, the butterfly. Not all people. Not that one. Sarah, I'm pointing at Sarah, listener. <laughs> so what is your, what's your favorite animal with more than four legs, Sarah? I'm going to say the weird animals that are supposed to have four legs, but get born with an extra one. <laughs> <laughs> like a cow. A cow with like a leg grown out of its back. Okay, so a cow is your favorite animal with four legs, then? Maybe. Because it better be. It has to stand to reason. <laughs> I have to think yeah. harder. Ask somebody else. No, the, uh, okay. that, that extra leg exponentially increases the likability of that cow. <laughs> like, four-legged cows are jerks, but the fifth leg, man, it's really something special. I mean, basically, it, it's some sort of arthropod. Yeah. Arthropod. Definitely not centipedes. Yeah, centipedes no, are fucking not to like blow my brain. Millipedes are okay. Oh, I'm gonna go with these. Oh yeah, no, I got it. Octopus. I yeah. love octopuses. Oh yeah, octopi are nice. I'm gonna say bees. I like bees. They're good. They make things that um They are the bees knees. Yeah. I they have cornered the market on bees knees. How? <laughs> <laughs> so they drove ants knees out of business a long time ago. Indeed. Because ants don't have any bees knees except for the few that they steal. <laughs> yeah, from corpses. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm gonna say actually lady beetles. <laughs> I might also say tarantulas. Oh, tarantulas are nice. Oh, butterflies like, are creepy. Give me that tarantula. <laughs> they're they're big enough and hairy enough. Like that mice. They don't seem like spiders anymore to me. They're like little fuzzy things running yeah, around. I agree. And they're oh. mostly harmless. Yeah. Uh huh. Like I really want to hold up the bird eater, the pink bird eater, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Those things are huge. Yeah. The bigger, the better. <laughs> the bigger, the less spider, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a little bit. The of them is, like, great for you. Like that scene in Return of the King, where, like, oh, look at it. Look at Shelob. Shelob is a bitch. So. I'm golly in there, like, she's just hungry. How many people do you think come up there and ask her to eat him? So I met Nobody some people who have a dog that has I think it's a Chinese name, it's a it's a chow. Xinhua 
But I just kept calling him Shelob, and like, nice. no one really noticed. <laughs> no one knew what it was, and I was like, ha. Ah. <laughs> uh, so big, big, big uh, reveal news time. Uh, Caleb's actually been considering getting a sex change, and that would be his name. His uh, new, her new name would be Shelob. Shelob. Fact. Shelob. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, people have accused me of many things. Originality is not one of them. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've, uh, I've every day I get up and I, I look down at my penis and I'm like, mm, I could do without that. Yeah. But it's kind of like you know when like Alexander looked upon the vast lands and wept for he had you know no more lands to conquer. Like, some, you know, if you just baited it all, like... I have conquered all of yeah. the women. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, like, you have a jerk-off session that's so great you'll like to lever top this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and either I could spend the rest of my life in pursuit of recapturing this moment, <laughs> or I can cut it off and devote my life to something else. Yeah, or, you know, have it turn inside out so you can, like, uh... Yeah, don't cut it off, man. Save that. <laughs> Somebody might want that later. For gender, no, no, no. For yourself, for gender reassignment. <laughs> I really like how you started licking your fingers right after you said that. The <laughs> listener can't see that. You're like, don't cut <laughs> that off. Save that. I was born without fingers. Thanks to my cat. I wanted to be women. <laughs> Turn yourself into, no, instead of being trans, uh, trans, like, sexual or transgender. Okay. I could be transcontinental. Yeah. yeah, you could be trans species, like uh, become a beautiful unicorn. <laughs> oh my god. People will really take you seriously. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen a unicorn before? <laughs> Fuck no. You have now. Just imagining this. Man, that, wouldn't that be great? I wonder if... Um, so what, one of the problems is that there's... Mm, so unicorns don't have any hair on their horns. So, I think that's something that would have to be taken into account. Right. But, I mean, how much hair do you really have on your dick? I mean, it's not a lot. I mean, it's not furry, but, you know, <laughs> some, of course, right? Right. You know, around the, around I the mean, mine's just a mane, like everyone else, you know, right uh, toward the end. I feel like my, right? most right? of the hair on my yeah. dog's, like, <laughs> sack <laughs> hair and nut hair that's kind of just grown outside its boundaries, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like you need to put up like a like a fence. Right. right. Hair, you stay on this side. Though I do have a strange like hair halo kind of halo <laughs> collar. It's it's not it's not very full. I should probably make a note. It's uh it's like there's some freezing rain going out going on outside uh, for, oh, yeah. the, for the listener. Uh, so just so they understand, um, I, I don't have a very good car for driving on snow and ice. That I risked my life to come here and talk about the hair <laughs> on my dick. I'm like, maybe I should sit this one out, you know, get get caught up on some reading, do some laundry, not risk my life to do the podcast. And I'm like, the listener needs to know about my dick hair. <laughs> the world needs you. <laughs> Ethan, your conviction is admirable. <laughs> if only more people believed in something as much as you do in believing about spreading the word of the dick hair. <laughs> yeah. I won't rest until every man, woman, and child can, like, 
Especially can the draw, children. yeah. Especially the most of the children can draw a sketch of my dick hair with their eyes closed. Yeah, right. Wow. Like I painted such a vivid picture with my words. I would watch TV shows with the the friend that always just pops in. I was like, yeah, I would. I want a friend like that, or I want to be that friend. And then it's like the older you be like, no, I don't want the friends that I have. When I invite them places, I want them to say no, and vice versa. <laughs> Don't ever want to see anyone ever again. Yeah, people are pretty terrible, but they're they're better than the alternative, which is like she demons told. from beyond the um, you know the fourth dimension. Yeah, those guys yeah, are the only two options. Uh, they always drink all my beer. Been above are the worst. <laughs> what? I said fifth and above are the worst. Oh, oh yeah, those, yeah, ugh. They're so oh. pretentious. God, Listen to yourself. Ugh. The fifth dimension people are the worst. <laughs> like, why <laughs> just bother living soul. in hell if you're not at least in the sixth dimension? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, these guys. Elitist. Exactly. Exactly. It's like that little Obama. Yeah. <laughs> With his fancy mustard. We yeah. served Heather. Were they? In his blue suit. Oh my god. Blue I suit. I know. Motherfucker. Man. If I... If, the he, if he never gets elected to president again... We served. Happy. I <laughs> well, I think, I think he'll be happy. Good. Speaking of which, you, you really need to try some of, uh, so, oh my god, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod yet, or I'm 30 now! Because you're like a dinosaur? Oh yeah, yeah. Exothermic and have a Damn straight. It's weird, I actually feel younger now that I'm 30. Colin, what'd you say? I said, how does it feel being 30? And he was answering. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, about the same as it felt being 29. Like, oh. Yeah. I actually, a couple years ago, I was working a really stressful job, and I was starting to get gray in the temple. Then I quit that job, and then the gray hairs went away, so. Mm. So you lost, like, that silver fox. Look. That's right. That's right. Sorry. You can't win them all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe I'll just, like, uh, go insane and turn gray. I know a lot of people said that uh, Albert Einstein, his hair turned white uh, when he was trying to work out general relativity. Mm. Like, that's when he went from, like, the younger Bob Dylan-y-looking Einstein look to, like, the older mad scientist Einstein-looking look. I mean, only five more years and you can run for president, so... That's right. It's 35. I thought it was 45. It's 35. It's 35. It's 35. I've been... But it's 35 has ever ran or won. Wasn't Obama 40 when he ran? Wasn't... He was, like, the youngest. The youngest to be elected. Elected. Teddy Roosevelt was actually younger. Because he was vice president and then Garfield got assassinated. I thought JFK was younger than Obama. Is that wrong? That could be, too. That, yeah, that, I seem to remember this is like a common trivia question. The median time. What's that? Oldest was Donald Trump. 
Yeah, that guy's old as shit. Yeah. Median age is 55. Five. Oh, wait. Okay. It's the youngest was JFK at 43. But, uh, shit. Who did I just say was the youngest not elected? Uh, Roosevelt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the older JFK Roosevelt. just looked really young, though. Guess who was the youngest leaving office, too? Was it also James? <laughs> 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 Leaving oh, office and this mortal coil. Too soon. <laughs> it was well, all it was all a setup because he wanted to be. Yeah. It was the a very elaborate suicide. Yeah. The JFK assassination was an inside job yeah. from JFK. No. See, what what happened was there wasn't a shooter on the grassy knoll. There was a a big metal plate, and JFK had a pistol that he was hit in, and he shot the metal plate, and the bullet reflected back and hit him in the head. <laughs> That's what happened. He was a damn good shot. Yeah. Don't buy into this liberal bullshit. <laughs> JFK committed suicide. Fact. Maybe it was a magic bullet. It just, like, shot toward the grass, you know, and it, ba- it just turned around and came back and then hit him and then turned around and his body left. <laughs> That's basically left. part of the plot to one of the X-Men movies, so. Yeah, so he shot himself Magneto. with a magic bullet? Magneto. Controlling. Uh-huh. Uh, or Magneto was trying to not let him get shot, but he still got shot. I think about Magneto is Magneto. Part of his name is Nito. Yeah. Nito. Also, uh, I mean, how how magnetic are bullets? Because they're mostly lead, yeah. which is not a very magnetic material. Well, I don't know if it was like an art. Don't armor-piercing bullets have like a copper jacket on them? Old metal jacket, but the like a. Although I don't know if that's, that's what we used on JFK. What's that called? I was gonna say I think a lot of bullets do have a metal casing. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, after they're fired. In fact, I think, like, isn't, isn't it a Geneva Convention thing that you can't have, like, holotip? You can't use holotip bullets in in war? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's going to mess you up. Holotip yeah. are just made to mushroom out and kill. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're going to get shot with a bullet, you're probably going to be disabled and not able to fight for a while, so it's really just dickish to, like, make it hollow point and kill, you know? Pretty dickish. Unless it's one of those situations where right? <laughs> yes, especially mustard gas. <laughs> what if instead of bulletproof vests, we just wore really strong magnets? Shit could work. Yeah. Except the bullets would have to I'm be like, magnetized to the same hole. <laughs> if they were off magnetized to the opposite pole, you'd attract bullets, which wouldn't be a good problem. <laughs> Died from 40 bullet wounds. No shots were fired. One shot at him. He just just happened to stray too close to an armory. uh, uh, He should never have worn his armor that close to friendly bullets. Someone told me there was an armory close by. I mean, it'd be like the VHS versus Betamax, like what polarity are we going to give the uh, armor and the bullets so that they repel each other? Like, half the country would have the positive and half the country would have the negative. And 
You got positive bullets on positive armor, that's fine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you just have people... It'd be like a... It'd be like a... Inverse drive-by shooting. Like, the driver is just driving around wearing their vest, and bullets are just flying out of the guns at them. <laughs> Not even out of the barrel. Just like out of the... And there's also the problem that, well, you know, there's no magnetic monopoles, right? So you may re- you may reflect positive bullets from the front, but you'd attract them from the back, right? <laughs> so, so you have a weak spot where all uh, where all the bullets get sucked into. Oh yeah, and you gotta be in a sphere. Yeah, that's that's what uh, perfect uh, sphere. Sure, you say it's like. Repel them in the front, attract them in the back. That sounds like a shirt that, like, a someone with, like, a gorgeous ass and an ugly face would wear if they were very self-aware of their situation and its comedic value. Wouldn't that kind of be, like, a butter face? A yeah. butter face? And I'd butter her ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, like in that, that movie where Marlon Brando molested his co- Star by shoving butter up her ass. Yeah, Shrek 2, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) We gotta end on that. (laughs) Shrek 2, out of the end. That was the one, alright. That's the one. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> but really, were you talking about a streetcar named Desire? Who cares? No, <laughs> it, was, it was something else, the one where... <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna... And that was... That was a different movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, I did... General general advice about method acting. There are certain scenes where method acting is a not a good idea. Rape scenes is one of them. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there there's some scenes like uh, in Return of the Jedi. Um, yep. The scripts that George Lucas gave everyone had Vader telling Luke that Obi Wan was his father, and then just right before they actually shot the take, they he switched the script to actually have the ones where it was like, oh no, Vader's Luke's father. So the actors really were really shocked and in denial. That is a good example of method acting. In Empire. <laughs> Actually cramming butter up your co-star's ass yeah. in a rape scene is not a good idea for method acting. Okay, it's um, not a good idea because it's wrong, but it's probably good <laughs> for the acting. Yeah, right? it'll be authentic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Inappropriate, we'll say that. I didn't say ineffective. <laughs> Which incidentally is all I ever think of when someone says someone's trying to butter them up. Oh, you're just trying to butter me up. I can only think of Marlon Brando. You're being buttered. Marlon Brando pushing a pad of butter into my hips. Yeah, that's like that's only you that thinks that, and like Mike Myers doing Shrek. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and and can you imagine how awkward that would be when Eddie Murphy is also there, (laughs) you know, doing like his donkey stuff. Oh man, <laughs> the whole thing. Doing his donkey stuff sounds more more uh, interesting than 
doing the voice acting for the character Donkey. I just hear Eddie Murphy doing his donkey stuff. Well, I mean, he also did Doctor Doolittle, right? So it was kind of a crossover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's really just all the same sound bites. <laughs> exactly. Anything else for sure? Yeah. Exactly. Like all of Eddie Murphy's lines from Shrek are just excerpted from Doctor Doolittle. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that explains all those strange scenes in Doctor Doolittle, where he just straight like turns to the camera and says, "Like Shrek, what are you talking about?" It was awkward at the yeah, time. It was awkward at the time, but in yeah. retrospect, it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, wasn't it? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say what that uh, Chris Farley that was supposed to originally be in Shrek. Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had a lot of the dialogue done already. Was he going to play Confirmed. Shrek? Yeah, he's supposed to be Shrek. Yes. No, Fiona. <laughs> well, Chris Farley died quite a while before Shrek came out, like, by a few years, so... Yeah, but I mean, a movie like that back then, taking a probably took a while. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, I know that I know that Mike Myers, like, originally Shrek wasn't supposed to have a Scottish accent, but Mike Myers recorded, like, all of the vocals, and then decided, you know, I think Shrek should have a Scottish accent, so went back and re-recorded. Nice. Is, is Mike Myers? Is he English? Is he? I, I think he's an like English slash Canadian or something like that. So he's not even Scottish. Mike Myers. He probably called. He, he does accents all the time. Right. That's all he does. Yeah. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> He's Canadian-American. He's not even English. Whoa! Fucking knew it. Oh, wait. He holds British citizenship. The plot thickens. He has English parents. There we go. There we go. Aha. Ahoy. Aha. Hey, uh... So, um... I, I think, uh... James uh, Earl Jones just walked in the room, guys. Oh, did you see that? Hello, Slizzing Crew. I, I think he has uh, he has something that he'd like I to I understand you've been having an interesting conversation about cramming meth up one's ass. Do you think one could, uh, I'm asking for a friend here, dissolve some methamphetamine in some tequila? Well, James, I think that uh, that's worth a try. I, I imagine that meth is uh, soluble in alcohol, as well as it is in water. Uh, and I've been led to believe that one of the side effects of uh, methamphetamine consumption is constipation. Do you think that that would possibly offset some tequila diarrhea? I'd say it's worth a try. <laughs> Although, James, I have to say, I think there's, very, there's something very special in the tequila diarrhea pants. Like, what was once a disgusting article of clothing has become a metaphor for hope and change in a world rocked by chaos and disarray. It was said once, and I will say it again. Let the tequila diarrhea pants be your guide to these tough times. Tequila diarrhea pants for president 2020. <laughs> and there's an episode title. <laughs> <laughs>
James Earl Jones impression. It's just me speaking as low as I can. You're nailing it. I, I don't even. I don't even really know about like the way he does his consonants or the tone of his voice or anything other than just really low. Doesn't matter. You're, All you have yeah. to think about is him saying "No Scar," like from Lion King. Simba. Yeah, shout that every once in a while, and you're golden. Does James want to read this? Uh, James would read that. There you go. <coughs> uh, so, Caleb, you want to do a little... Uh... Sure. So, as as all of the... As loyal listeners oh. to the pod, all of you, I'm sure, and, and for those who are new, welcome, uh, we do a thing here sometimes where I um, have a, a story about a fellow named Samuel. And I write short stories about this person uh, in a fantasy setting. Um, but one thing that I haven't done is elaborate on <coughs> the history of this world and setting the scene for the, uh, the location and time that Samuel is living in. So this week, um, I'm going to take the opportunity, and James is going to help me, to um, fill you in a bit on the history of Verkolsk. Mm. Verkolsk sounds like a delicious German sausage. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Recommend. Alright, so James is going to take it away. <laughs> the earliest recorded history in Verkolsk consists of fragments of writing left over from the Roverkols, who originally settled the continent. Little is known of them except for inferences based upon the few legible recovered artifacts, and even those few bits of knowledge are subject to intense scholarly debate. The successors of the rover called themselves the Sinjin. It is unclear what exactly precipitated the rise of the Sinjin over their forerunners, but one quality that they inherited and, indeed, perfected proper record In fact, it is the scholarly opinion that the longevity of the Sinjin can be attributed primarily to their aptitude for an emphasis upon perfecting administration. Eventually, however, the greatest strength of the Sinjin, the strong prime keeper and her loyal administrators, the crane became their greatest weakness. For in the 327th year of Sinjinian dominance over Verkost, Jan Schnee began his campaign to reshape the continent. Schnee hailed from a village nestled on the slopes of the Pinefell Mountains on the eastern edge of the Sinjinian Empire. The official histories contain accounts of the village locals who described him as a pillar of the community and a model for others to aspire to. The circumstances of his departure from his hometown are murky. But what is well recorded is that she arrived in the capital in disguise. This subterfuge gained him access to the Imperial Academy, where the Prime Keeper was making an inspection. During a demonstration of the Academy's newest inventions and discoveries, Schnee directed the might of the Imposer to bend the will of the Keeper to his own. With the 
Prime Keeper under his control. She was able to steadily cement his position into the Empire, until only five years after that fateful visit to the Academy, he was anointed as Emperor of the Syngenian Empire. For the following 32 years, the combination of the Syngenian organizational prowess and Shi's audacious design led to a golden age never seen nor matched. The marvels of magic and industry, now dismissed as fantasy by all but the most fervent of believers, were commonplace, and both noble and common flourished in peace. Inevitably, however, the Syngenian Empire, as all that came before and all that have come after, fell. The individual detail of the descent into chaos varied, but the cause is invariably the same. Corruption and its faithful accomplice, greed. In the case of the Shinjin, it was unequivocally the greed of Zhan Shi and his boundless quest for eternal hegemony of their courts. The fate of Shi himself is unclear, however. Official documents from the remnant totally describe his fate as both self-imposed and well-deserved. After Shi's death, it became clear how far he had gone in imposing his will on the Empire. For the effect of the imposure lasts only until the Master's death, and which the fall of Shi, all the hundreds of civil servants who had been thralls under his control, suddenly were restored to autonomy, would have once been a single river, channeled and downed via the imposures that become a deluge of discordant streams, each flowing with its own will, the empire fell, and all the measures of civilization and progress that had come with it, ah, they were lost in the vacuum it left behind. After the fall, the continent languished in chaos for hundreds of years, until eventually, a collection of city-states emerged to bring a semblance of order to the lost continent. Chief among them is Zantico, a trading city built upon the very same riverbanks as the desolate ruins of Shinjinto, the once imperial capital. It is in this city that the story of Samuel begins. Thanks, James. <laughs> and Michael Caddy. <laughs> I think there's like a sentence or two of John Reese Davies in there. <laughs> Indeed. That- that ended with, like, the Lucky Charms leprechaun. <laughs> him, too. Him, too. Always him. I had, a good, I had a good... I was actually trying to do John Reese davies and I had, like, a couple good sentences, and it just really started to pull towards Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. You got a good Michael Caine. Yeah. There was, there was maybe, like, a little shadow of Sean Connery in there in these. Yeah. Thanks, James. <laughs> that uh, that was a a, a a very good thing. Like I can do accents well. Which accent? I can't control which accent it is, but it'll be something. I'm really good at the boss from uh, Monsters Inc. Not by choice. <laughs> at least all the accents that came out of there were like Northern European. Like I didn't randomly break into an Indian accent. <laughs> like do like a Jamaican accent. <laughs> That's for later. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> with 
a few more paragraphs that might have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Branch up the globe. Make your way around the globe. Uh, the Sinjin were, uh, were good at, like, uh, keeping records, and they were very good at, like, keeping a tight administration. Um, and they're actually really good at running a government, even if their, even if their policies themselves were, uh, unjust or, uh, short-sighted, right? Yeah, and, and the idea is that, you know, they, I, I'm kind of like thinking of them as like a little bit like the, the Romans. Cause like, the, okay, what we're like the Byzantines. I mean, the, the great strengths of those empires were their skill at administration, right? Right, right. It was really, really hard to do that back then when, you know, before information technology. Yeah. yeah. It was really hard. And that's like what set like empires apart from everything else. Right. Um, and so that, that was kind of like the inspiration for the Sinjen. And then like with Yanxi and the Imposer, like what, so if you haven't picked up, like what the Imposer does is it's basically a mind control artifact. Like, oh, interesting. You can use it to, to control people. Is it said Imposer yet? Or is it a poster? It's, it's the Imposer. <laughs> I just met her. Rumors you to the contrary. It, it's the Imposer most of the time. <laughs> So there might be an imposter imposer, but that's not the one that Yan Shni had. Yeah, and so, like, what happened was Yan Shni uh, used the imposer first on the prime keeper, who was, like, the the like the foremost... I mean, it was basically... They, they didn't have, like, a king or an emperor, but she, but she was, like, the... Like the the head of the bureaucracy, basically. Like it was a little bit more a level one bureaucrat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't quote regulations uh, to me. I co-chaired the committee to review the color of the binder. Those regulations are kept in. We kept it gray. <laughs> and so he started with basically mind controlling her by like sneaking into the city and. And you know, gaining access that way. But then he would once he did that, he had to be, because she wasn't like an emperor or a king. People wouldn't just do what she told them to. Uh, he had to control more and more people until he had hundreds and hundreds of people under his control. And then when he died, uh, all of those people who had been mind controlled for years suddenly, like, had their autonomy restored. And so, you know, the the glue that had held the Empire together just withered away, and so fell apart. You know, I think the best meaning for this story is as a constant doubt. <laughs> Isn't that the best meaning for any story, though? That's, that's true. <laughs> like, I go to church, and, like, the pastor starts reading from the Bible, like, Shut up! Come back when it's a concept album. <laughs> like, go talk to John Petrucci and see if he can work something out. Yeah, John Petrucci. John Petrucci with the New Testament. <laughs> I'd buy that album, sure. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and so, so anyway, then, with with Samuel, right, so this is, like, hundreds of years after the, the fall of the Sinjen, uh, but... Um, outside of the city of Zantico, I've mentioned before, there's like the, these ancient pillars that are left over, and so these will, these will play a part. There was a riddle that dealt with those pillars, right? Indeed, mm -hmm. yes. 
Um, and there's also so one thing that's not that's not public knowledge, right? Is exactly what happened to John Schnee. Right? It just says because there's another character named Schnee, right? It's a family name, and so okay. John Schnee was not the last of his family to to have the imposer. There were some descendants. I forget the <coughs> the name right now. Um, there was a descendant who was the last known person to possess the imposer, and it's that person's journal that Samuel mm. found in his in his family's archives. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's that There's probably person. some nerd that's listening to this podcast that knows more about your story already than you. <laughs> yeah. I remember the name. <laughs> guy was hired like as a creative consultant or something on the uh, for George R. R. Martin because he like sent sent George R. R. Martin like a thing correcting him on his own story. Yeah, actually, you said that so and so's eyes were a copper brown color, and in this book you said they were more of a uh, mud brown color. He needs like uh, a Game of Thrones version of the Keeper of the Holocron, like what. Star Wars had. Oh, yeah. It was like the official, like, <laughs> master of lore. So, yeah. so, How long have we been going? About time to wrap this up? Yeah, I think we're. Yeah, I think we're that's about a pod. Yeah. I'm tired. It's a good length. Getting tired. Yeah. Well, listener, thanks for uh, sticking with us on another episode of the Zoom podcast. Um. We've had some good times, we've had some bad times, we've had some mediocre times, we've had some funny times, we've had some sad times, we've had some gross times. Yeah, times. <laughs> I remember the butt times. We all remember the butt, butt times. Most of the time. What if I just had the thought? I know they had like the humans in mean, one, two, and three. Excellent. But I don't think they ever sewed them all in a circle. So we're saying goodbye, and we're apologizing, and we're saying goodbye, and goodbye, and I'm sorry, and goodbye, and I'm sorry, and we'll hear when you'll hear from us. No, we may hear from you, or probably not. Next week, or maybe the week after. All of our artists submit a podcast to us. There's being the boundary of like the land of non, like the border between existence and non-existence. So what pop music like? Fuck if I know.